Welcome to Open Your Eyes, a podcast about empowering each of us with the perspective and tools to grow and change. Now, I know a lot of people who, like me, are avid podcast listeners. I listen to a lot of podcasts each week while I'm exercising, while I'm driving, or just making good use of my time. And I hope this Open Your Eyes podcast can do that for you. If it does, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you tune in. That way, you automatically get the next podcast as it's released each week. And feel free to share this podcast with your friends. Just use the share button on your podcast app to text the link to a friend or family member. And most of all, I hope wherever you're listening right now, you'll hear something today that will improve your way of thinking that will open your eyes a bit more to who you are and what you will become. Today, I'd like to talk to you about the power of priming. George Bernard Danzig was an American mathematical scientist who brought about significant discoveries in the areas of computer science and statistics. He was a professor at Stanford University. And what made Danzig most famous, however, is that in 1939, while he was a graduate student at UC Berkeley, he was late for a class. You see, prior to the class, his professor wrote two examples of famously unsolved statistics problems on the blackboard. And when Danzig arrived, he assumed that the two problems on the board were the homework assignment for the day. So he wrote them down and went home to work on them. According to Danzig, as he worked on the problems, they seemed a little harder than usual. Despite the difficulty, he solved the problems and handed them in to his professor. The professor was amazed at Danzig's brilliance. And later on, he would prepare Danzig responses for publication. How did Danzig solve the problems that up until that point in time were impossible to solve? Was it because, unlike the rest of the class, he wasn't told that the problems were impossible to solve? Of course, he had the talent to solve them, right? But I believe it was because he was primed. He was primed to think, to assume that the problem could be solved. Now imagine if we could, like Danzig, tap into the power of priming. It would allow us to do more of the impossible than we ever thought possible. And perhaps it would allow us to attempt more things than we might otherwise attempt, rather than being afraid to try because we assume we can't do or be what's before us. Priming occurs whenever an exposure to something can later alter our behavior or thoughts. For example, if a child sees a bag of candy next to a red bench, they might begin looking for or thinking about candy the next time they see red or a bench. The most famous example is this. Assume you have a four-letter word written on a piece of paper in front of you. This word begins with an S and ends with a P, and the two letters in between are left blank, and your job is to finish the word. And if my instructions were, complete this word while I go and grab some food, you would probably write the word soup. Or if my instructions were complete this word while I go and take a shower, you would probably write the word soap. This is psychological priming. When exposed to a stimulus, like a word, an image, or a sound, that stimulus will influence how we respond or subsequently act. 
Priming also happens in our life because of habits. These habits can cause us to be predisposed to thinking or behaving in a certain way. Legend has it that the touchstone was a small pebble that could turn any common metal into pure gold. And a poor man who discovered the legend of the touchstone from parchment hidden in an ordinary book learned that the touchstone was lying among thousands of other pebbles on the shores of the Black Sea. So he sold all that he had and camped out on the seashore and began looking for the pebble. The legend said that one could tell the difference between the touchstone and the other pebbles because it, unlike the regular pebbles, was warm, not cold to the touch. And this poor man spent his first day picking up pebbles, testing them as to whether they were warm or cold. Feeling that they were cold, he would then toss them into the ocean because he didn't want to drop them on the shore and have to sort through them again. All that day and the next and for weeks and months, he continued picking up pebbles and tossing them into the ocean's surf. One morning, he picked up a pebble and it was warm to his touch, but out of habit and before he could take it back, He tossed it into the ocean. The touchstone was never to be found again. Now, like this man, the same thing happens to us in life. Because of our pre-established habits, we assume that we can't, so we go on through our life never grabbing hold of the very thing that could change us or our business or our life because of the preconditioned priming in our way of thinking. And the truth is, we are often unaware of how the ideas or habits that we formed in our subconscious influence our behavior. Every interaction or experience sets a chain of ideas in our head, some of which we're not aware of. And every physical object you encounter can trigger an association. You construct reality from minute to minute in your life with memories and emotions, and you're not aware of many of them. This is the phenomena of priming. Now, marketers use the power of priming all the time. For example, in a recent study, people who were shown but not allowed to drink sports beverages were more likely to endure longer in physical training, just by the sight of them. Another shows that when companies added the words bio or all natural to product descriptions, this primed people into thoughts of nature or farms. Years ago, Starbucks coffee sales had slowed And the CEO had gone on the road to discover what was going on. And what he discovered surprised him. He walked into a few of the stores and they didn't smell like they had coffee brewing. So he closed all the stores for a day and ensured that they installed brewing machines that emitted the smell of coffee brewing. When they made that change, sales in the store increased dramatically. Priming has also been proven and studied in other ways. In a series of studies published in 1996 by John Barr, he tried to prove that what you read will control the way you act. He asked students to unscramble 30 five-word sentences, and he told students in different groups that he was interested in their language skills. The reality was different. In one group, he asked the students to unscramble sentences with the words that reflected aggression. Words such as disturb or abruptly or pushy. In in the other group, they were asked to unscramble words such as courteous or polite and behaved. After the students had completed the task, they were asked to go and get the next assignment from the adjacent desk. And when each person approached the desk, the researcher was purposefully talking to someone else, ignoring the student who was waiting. 
the researchers wanted to observe how patient each student was before interrupting the conversation at the desk. The results were fascinating. The polite words group waited on average 9.3 minutes before interrupting, and the group of students that unscrambled rude or aggressive words waited only five minutes. Interestingly, more than 80% of the polite words group waited over 10 minutes in line, significantly different from those who unscrambled rude words. Here's the point. Like these students, we are primed every day, sometimes by advertising, sometimes by our past, sometimes by things we just encountered, sometimes by things we read. Regardless, imagine if you could turn the power of priming upside down, if you could turn it and use it to your benefit to enable you to be biased to do what you want or should do in your daily life. So how do you do that? Well, the first is to read and use the power of words in your life. I know people who are regular scripture readers, for example, and I can see in many of them how their reading of words like love and charity and prayer, humility and faith influence who they are and how they act. The same goes for any type of reading or media and what we focus on each day. If you choose something uplifting, it can and does impact your subsequent actions. Conversely, those who prime themselves each day with sensational news and online rumors will be primed in their thinking and actions as well. So prime your brain with the right input each day. Now, in addition to reading, we can add something else. Because research shows that reading only goes so far. To really prime our behavior, it involves something more powerful. Imagery. When we imagine something, when we visualize something, our brain's pathway to action becomes stronger. Studies have shown that prompting people to visualize the steps needed to exercise or eating right results in the actual doing of it. Mental imagery has been shown to be effective in reducing alcohol consumption and increasing exercise, healthy eating, and smoking sensation. You see, when we can both read and imagine, things take on more priming influence in our life. And experts suggest if you want to change your behavior, you imagine the steps you need to take to do that behavior in the right way. You specifically imagine the time and the place, when and where you will perform the behavior. You might also imagine yourself encountering obstacles that might prevent the behavior and so forth. For example, a person who wants to increase their exercise but procrastinates may imagine themselves at the time the alarm goes off, how they get out of bed, and where they exercise, and so forth. This is priming in action. Imagining works. Because imagining is just like practicing future behavior. The most famous example in sports of this happened in the 2014 Super Bowl between the New England Patriots and Seattle Seahawks. On one of the last plays of the game, Malcolm Butler, a rookie defensive back, stepped in front of a Seattle Seahawks pass on the goal line, intercepted the ball, and won the game. It was an impossible play, anticipated perfectly, but the real story is that the rookie had seen and failed at the play in practice. In practice, the Patriot practice team ran the plays that they thought Seattle might use. On one of those plays, Butler had missed the coverage. 
The practice was filmed, and he was coached in a subsequent film session. In that session, he had to imagine doing something different than he had done. He had to imagine stopping the play correctly. And when it came time to do that in the game, he acted out of his primed preparation. You can do the same thing. Identify in your mind the one behavior you would like to change. Write it down. Now imagine yourself in the exact circumstance specifically doing what you want to do. Imagine the setting, the time of day, the circumstances, and the behavior. Repeat this several times for several days and watch your behavior will improve. Here's why. Let me explain something simple that happens in our brain to enable priming. You see, when you prime, you create a neural pathway. A neural pathway is the connection formed in your brain between one neuron and another. And this allows a signal to be sent from one part of your nervous system to the other more quickly. Think about it like this. Imagine walking across a wheat field. The first time you step on the stalks of wheat and bend them down, you make a small form of a path. And if you never travel that way again, the path will disappear. But if you travel that path again and again, soon the path will become more defined. And if traveled extensively, it will grow into a trail and then a dirt road and then a paved road and then a superhighway. Priming is the first walk across the wheat field, making all other trips easier. And as you repeat the imagining or reading or thinking of that action, the more the pathway will be developed. Now, something else happens when we repeatedly use a pathway in our brain. It becomes a superhighway, and it shields us from diversions. Shielding is a well-researched concept from the world of psychology, which our brain does all the time. Each day, our brain shields us from interferences and interruptions. Our brain actually makes decisions for us. For example, if you had never done so before, the act of sitting down would take deliberate thought. But since you have established pathways between your muscles and brain and eyes, you can sit down with consciously thinking about how to bend your legs, flex your muscles, and sit down gently. And when you walk into a meeting, you don't think about how to sit. You may think about where to sit and what person to sit next to, but not how to sit. And if you're like most people who attend the same weekly meeting, you often sit in the same location. Why? Shielding. The pathways are well established in your brain and shielded from conscious interruptions, causing you to do the same thing again and again. Now, the trick is to learn how to use shielding to help us resist temptation and reach our goals. For example, let's take two different people. Both have set a goal to diet and lose weight, and they come across a plate of warm chocolate chip cookies. One gives in and the other doesn't. What's the difference? Well, the difference isn't willpower, but rather they're shielding to that goal. One person has established pathways to healthy eating, and the other is not shielded to temptation. You see, when I walk down the aisle at the grocery store, I can walk right past a Milky Way bar. My brain knows I don't like the taste of it. But when I walk past the Kit Kat bar, I have to stop and decide. I know the Kit Kat bar has too many calories. I know I don't need it, but it's an extreme temptation to me. In the case of the Kit Kat bar, my mind doesn't shield me from temptation like it does with Milky Way. So you can see there's tremendous power in shielding 
in your brain shielding you from temptation, right? So how do you get shielding to work to your advantage? Let me suggest three key things. Make your intentions clear, make it easy, and learn all you can. First, let's start with very clear intentions. You see, we often intend to change, and that's a good start. Intentions help. For example, we may intend to have a healthy salad for lunch instead of a hamburger, and the fact that you have such an intention is a good first step. But when that intention takes on clarity, it becomes more powerful. For example, what salad, from where, with what dressing, at what time? The more clear, the more powerful, the more clarity you'll be shielded in the moment of decision whether to eat the salad or hamburger. Next, make it easier. So let's return to our salad example. Oftentimes you grab a hamburger because you're hungry and in a hurry. Eating healthy takes more time and it's less convenient, isn't it? So prepare a salad in advance. Make it simple. Buy a prepackaged salad. When you make it easier, you shield against temptation. Last, gain skills or learning associated with it. When you really learn how antioxidants from vegetables help improve eyesight or reduce the risk of cancer or reduce inflammation or improve your skin, you're more likely to make the right choice and eat the salad. This is shielding at its best. So, remember to strengthen your ability to shield your intentions against temptation or the power of habit or anything else by employing these three shields. Make your intentions as clear as you can, make it easy, and learn all you can. Now, having said all we've said about using priming and shielding to your benefit, there's one overriding principle that can and often does both prime and shield you to making great personal change. Here it is. You ready? It's a famous quote, and you've heard it before, and here's what it says. He who has a why to live can bear almost any how. The ultimate shield is to have a real purpose in our life or goal. That purpose, if strong enough, will override habit, temptation, or any other disruption. In the movie Cinderella Man, Russell Crowe plays James Braddock, a boxer who lived during the Great Depression. Braddock is a boxer who fought for years with limited success. And he decided to step away from boxing, but during the Depression, with no job opportunities, he returned to the ring to provide for his family. During one poignant scene in the film, Braddock is in the midst of a fight and takes a hard punch to the head. While he's dazed, Braddock sees images in his mind of his wife and children going hungry, having no money to pay bills. And he knew giving up wasn't an option. So he musters his strength and the will and wins the fight. In a post-fight interview, he's asked, what changed your streak of bad luck? Braddock softly replies, this time I know what I'm fighting for. It seems like the times in my life when I was most committed and diligent and when I changed the most was when I had a compelling why to change. As a president and CEO of a large organization, I've learned that when your team understands and feels the power of why you're doing something, of why you're in business, they will work, overcome, and likely succeed with more energy and success. Likewise, when you find your why behind the change you want to make, 
It's like opening your eyes to a new view. There's feeling and imagination and clarity and intent and all the magic ingredients when you have a real why. When you find your why, you can't see very many obstacles. For example, let's suppose you're driving your car down the highway and you don't really have a destination in mind and you get a flat tire. You may take a lot of time to change the tire or not change it at all because you're not really going anywhere. But let's assume that you're driving down the highway to get to Denver. You have a destination in mind. If you have a flat tire, it's inconvenient, but you'll fix it and move on to your destination. Now let's take it a step further. Let's say you're driving to Denver to redeem a $1 million winning lottery ticket. What would stop you from getting to Denver? Not much. Here's my point. A why is the ultimate shield against bad habits. The stronger the why, the stronger the shield. So let's say you've started a new business. To simply succeed or make a profit is not likely going to take you very far. Your why needs to be strong enough to hold you during times of failure and struggle. Your why needs to connect deeply with what you value. And when it does, it becomes powerful. Here are some examples of whys that carry power with them. One might be, I started this business to help my business partners get out of debt or provide for children or secure their future. I'm exercising to be healthy emotionally when I do my job as a father or to show my children they can do anything they choose or to be my best self. Or I'm going to read each morning to rise to become the person God intended me to be. When you put on a why like this, you put on power. It's like putting on your boxing gloves, putting in your mouth guard and stepping into the ring. You're a fighter and you've been there before, but this time you have the power to win. Now, look, I know what it's like to feel stuck in life or stuck in your habits. I've been stuck at times in my life. I know what it's like, whether it's a habit, losing weight, exercising, or building a business. When you get out of practice and fail in a restart, the doubt begins, doesn't it? Doubt creeps in. I can't do this. I've lost my motivation. Man, everyone else is doing so well, and I can't seem to get it. I'm too old. And it goes on and on. If you find your why, those doubts diminish. You get unstuck and you have more power. Because you do have power. The power to imagine, the power to be clear, the power to decide, the power to feel passionately about your future, and the power to act accordingly. You may remember the law of inertia. It says, a body at rest tends to stay at rest unless acted upon by an outside force. So use the power of priming to create that inertia, to get clear about your intentions, to make it easy, to learn all you can about the change that you're trying to make. Find your why. And when you do, you'll find that you, like Danzig, can do what has previously been impossible in your life. And you can open your eyes to a new way of living. Thanks for being here today. We will talk about next steps to opening your eyes in our next podcast. And I look forward to being with you again soon. Oh.